Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast, hosted by Michelle Frechette and Ali Nimmons. Underrepresented in Tech is a free database built with the goal of helping people find new opportunities in WordPress and tech overall. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome to the Underrepresented in Tech podcast. We aren't starting today's episode with our typical, hi, Ali, hi, Michelle, because Michelle's not here with us today. But I do have a very, very, very special guest. Guest, please introduce yourself to the listeners. Hi, everyone. My name is James Giroux, and I am the Director of Brand and Product Marketing over at Stellar WP, part of the Liquid uh, Web family of brands. Hooray. Yay. Thank you so much, James, for being here with us. Um, no so quick preface, James, I've, I've worked with James um, a couple of times over the past couple of months because um, one of the Seller WB projects, LearnDash, um, is a sponsor of this podcast. It is a sponsor of another podcast that I work on at Master WP, and it is um, a future sponsor of Black Press, which is a project that I work on. So um, chatting with James about sponsorships and whatnot has become a, a common occurrence in my, in my life over the past few, few months. And I'm so grateful and appreciative. And so, um, yeah, I'm really happy to have you on. Um, and, you know, through those conversations and through those, those opportunities and so on, um, you know, there's lots of different kinds of allyship and there's lots of different kinds of ways, ways to show support for, uh, you know, diverse initiatives and money is definitely one of the ways to show support. Like, I'm not going to lie. Sometimes just being able to reach out and say, Hey, we need help paying to, to be able to make this work. Um, and sometimes allyship, allyship is saying like, yes, I will support you in that way. Mm. Um, what I'm so I'm curious to learn just a little bit from your perspective as somebody who kind of makes these decisions about um, what to sponsor and where to sponsor and how to sponsor and those sorts of things. Um, and I don't know exactly how much of that at Solar WP is you and how much of it is you and other folks, but I'm really curious to learn about like what kind of processes and conversations go into a decision to sponsor projects like ours. Yeah, no, I think that's a, a great question. And there's two sides to it. So um, anytime you're doing any kind of sponsorship and marketing, there's um, a what are we giving kind of question and what are we getting back um, question. And both of those need to be answered. And I think uh, they need to be answered before you even go out and start looking for uh, potential partnerships and sponsorships, because you have to have as a as an organization a clear sense of the why, right? Why are you doing something before you jump in? From my perspective, um, one of the really neat things about Stellar and uh, Liquid Web in general is that its scale gives it some uh, a big lift in terms of the impact that it can have for. Um, uh, organizations and and podcasts and and creators in in the the WordPress ecosystem. Um, so the first thing that I always do is I go, okay, what are they saying? Who who's their audience? What what is it that they're they're trying to accomplish? Is what they're doing in alignment with uh, who we are as an organization? Do we um, do we align, you know, kind of voice and tone wise, are they saying things in a way that that we would want to be represented by? 
um, or be associated with? And is the conversations or are the conversations that they're having the kinds of conversations we want to be a part of? Um, and if those are yes, then we, we move on to other things like, uh, let me think, um, like how big is the audience or does that even matter? Or is it just about making sure that when people in the audience are thinking about the kinds of things that uh, are being spoken about uh, on a podcast, uh, we want to be front of mind for that. So, and it takes different forms, right? So when it comes to um, this podcast in particular, I think the thing for me is, uh, you know, when I came on at Stellar, uh, I did a little bit of, of thinking about like from a brand perspective, what is it that we can do as a brand that maybe not a lot of others, smaller brands can do. And that is to actually really lean in hard and, and heavy in the um, diversity and inclusion space. Not a lot of companies in WordPress are big enough where they have the capacity to really think and be selective that way. We have that advantage. And so why not lean in? Why not do what we can to celebrate diverse voices, to raise up diverse voices? Um, within the WordPress ecosystem. So when we went out to do our initial search for uh, partners and sponsors or sponsorships, that was the first thing that I was looking for was where, where are these other voices out there? Not the kind of typical um, white male in their forties type of, um, uh, you know, creator out there that, that we could find. So that was the first thing. And then um, obviously, you know, some of those other things like, is this the right audience for us? Are we going to get any value out of it? and go from there. That makes so much sense. And yeah, that's, that's such a simple thing to do, right? It's just to say, well, where are other people saying things that are not really being said and what do they need? Right? Like those kind of seem like the main two steps to take. Um, and I love, I mean, me personally in the past 20, 21, 22, three years of being super active in this community, I've seen such an increase in that mindset and such an increase in people being proactive about how they can support others. Even if it is just a DM that's saying like, how can I support you? Um, mm. You know, we've talked a little bit on the podcast about that kind of thing before. Like sometimes it's just a, how can I support you? Or sometimes it's a, I'd like to support you in this way. Is that something that you could use? Mm. Um and both of those things are really powerful. Um, outside of sponsorships, because right, those are the the three the three projects that we've kind of worked on it, uh, together have been sponsorship based. Are there other ways in which Seller WP or Learn Dash or Liquid Web, uh, from your perspective, has have been you know trying to habitually support other voices outside of like monetary sponsorships? Yeah, I think the big one is um, leveraging our audience um, to actually raise awareness. So, um, you know, like we can amplify what others are doing um, with our existing you know, customer base and, and the uh, audience acquisition that we do. So looking for opportunities to do that, um, to celebrate voices, to focus on, put our own focus on people that are, are in our network or in our ecosystem. Um, so a good example of that, for example, is uh, Corey Ashton. So Corey Ashton is um, an amazing creator. She's based out of Texas. She has her own YouTube channel. And um, at LearnDash, we sponsored her to do a number of videos for us. Uh, we brought her into our team to do some consulting with us. 
Um, and any chance I get, and I know any chance our team gets, we're looking for opportunities to celebrate her and the work that she's doing both for Stellar, but just on her own as well and uh, getting out there and doing things like that. So, you know, those are the kinds of things that I look for and I like to see us doing um, across uh, our different brands um, is looking for those opportunities to really uh, amplify what, what people are already doing. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I love Corey Ashton. She's kind of a powerhouse and yeah, it's amazing to see all of the things that, that she works on and that she creates definitely an inspiration for me as like a WordPress educator. There's like Mm -hmm. a subset of us out there who kind of focus on educational content a lot. And um, yeah, she's a huge inspiration to me for that. You mentioned kind of like smaller companies, like, you know, focusing on, well, what can we do as like a larger brand that some smaller brands maybe can't uh, swing at the moment? What, what kind of what kind of work would you recommend for smaller brands to do? Like maybe it's, maybe it's not a matter of sponsoring a podcast or sponsoring a project, but what do you think that smaller brands could be doing instead to, you know, push these diverse voices forward and, and help the community to become and stay more diverse? I think that's a really great question. Um, and I think the first thing is to acknowledge that WordPress is not diverse. Um, and, that might be a bit extreme to say because there's lots of people from different backgrounds in it. But I think in terms of influence and leadership and sort of who gets the megaphone, um, we need to do more in that space. And, and, you know, like I can tell a story. I was working uh, on a podcast last year for Gravity Forms and while there, one of the things I did was actually develop just a spreadsheet for all of the guests that were coming on the shore that I was planning. It was my own personal little diversity score. So depending on whether they were, um, you know, a different gender, different ethnic background, different language background, all of those things became my own personal diversity points. And so I would be rating myself and rating the show on an episode by episode basis um, to try to increase the score um, of diversity. It didn't cost me anything. Um, it was really just about being aware and looking for those opportunities to find those voices um, and going out and, and doing that. So that for me, I think is the first step that any business can be doing, any organization can be doing, no matter how big they are, is creating those checkpoints within their systems to ask questions around diversity. Like, am I doing something that will reflect me or that only I will connect to? And is there something I can be doing? Is there somebody I can be talking to, to run this by to say, Hey, this is, yeah, you're, you're basically talking to a bunch of white dudes here. Can you maybe change this and actually come up with a different angle? So um, yeah, that, that, to me, I think is probably the first thing that smaller organizations, smaller businesses can do is um, start to put those checkpoints in um, for diversity and inclusion. I, so I'm, I definitely heard all of what you said, but I'm definitely hung up on that very first thing, right. Of like acknowledging that the community is not diverse, right? Mm -hmm. Like that to me is so important Um, because you can't, you can't fix a problem unless you acknowledge that there's a problem, right? And I definitely think that our community is more diverse than some, but it's not as diverse as it could be. Mm. Um, 
otherwise well, like I wouldn't have half of half of what my job is right like I wouldn't have yeah. a lot of things to do and talk about um and I think that you know you can both two things can be true right like you can love this community and still acknowledge the downsides of it and I think a lot of people have so much love and, and affinity and loyalty to the project and the community of WordPress that they almost don't want to almost insult it in that way and and point out the things that are wrong um which to me is so backwards like constructive criticism and and you know pointing out the uncomfortable things is is how you grow and how things become better i couldn't agree more it's about resilience right when you think about the story of wordpress and the story of open source there's an innate resilience required for survival right because it's literally open it's transparent everything is out there for people to inspect to have an opinion on to uh, bring change to and i think that there's a really interesting um maybe parallel there where we talk about open source and an open community and what does it look like to have open community that takes on some of the tenets of open source where we say okay here's how the community works today here's how things are and you know could we do our own like um you know uh pull requests or whatever they are or push for whatever the the git stuff is that people talk about to actually push change right like let's make a recommendation to make this change that's going to be added into the 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 open community kind of core values of who we are or the community that would that we're creating and make those kinds of changes that actually support um we're the WordPress community becoming what we want it to become. Um, that's kind of been my thing over the last little while as I've been trying to figure out, you know, my own voice within WordPress, because it's scary. It's scary to put yourself out there. It's scary to have an opinion in general, um, but then to do it in such a passionate and, and you know, <laughs> flag-waving community as WordPress, it's, it's even scarier. But, um, you know, I think there's opportunity here for us to, um shape the community to shape um what wordpress is becoming and not at the code level but just at the how we talk to each other how we connect with each other level and how we represent ourselves level yeah i love the idea of there being like a github repository for diversity right like mm. every time every time a new person with a new back type of background you know is approved as an event speaker that's like you know so a, a commit to the project as far as increasing the amount of diversity like obviously it, it'd be impossible to quantify something like that but i i do like the idea and i do believe it is happening that mm. you know like so i'm i'm not a developer but i definitely like i understand the meme of like the the like grid with all of the green mm -hmm. squares and stuff as far yeah. as like how much you've been doing. And I do think that the overall diversity WordPress repository is getting greener and greener and greener. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I wish there was a way we could, you know, quantify that and visualize that. Um, you mentioned, you know, being it being so scary to put your your thoughts and opinions out there and things like that. Um, and I totally agree. I mean, I've definitely had had moments where I've said stuff that I kind of wish either I hadn't said or that I hadn't said in in the way that I said it. But a lot of it, I, I just call it caring loudly, right? Like caring really, really loudly about 
the way that this community works and the ways that it could be better. Um, I know that a while back at some point last year, you had an instance on Twitter where somebody cared very loudly at you. Um, and I didn't realize that it was that long ago that it was last year. I thought it was recent. So like, I got really honestly angry for you and like up in arms and like wanted to come to your defense. And I was like, okay, this is actually not, I shouldn't, I shouldn't uh, put the, put any more fuel on this fire, but can you, can you tell us a little bit about that instance and kind of what you learned and what your reaction was to that, to that exchange? Yeah. So recently I wrote a blog post called uh, WordPress isn't safe, uh, but it can be. And it starts with you. And in that I told this story, which is kind of where this all uh, resurfaced. But basically last year, as I was gearing up to launch uh, input with Gravity Forms, um, I, as I said, I had this diversity scorecard that I had put together and I was noticing, yeah, a lot of the people that were saying yes were people that looked and sounded like me. And I was going, I, I just need to figure out how to do this. And I was struggling because normally the way that I would do that is through word camps and meetups, right? Places that I could go to connect with people and where I could ask them in a much more, you know, individualized way if they'd be willing and comfortable to come come on a show and, and uh, participate. But because of the pandemic and being <laughs> locked down and locked up kind of thing, uh, I didn't have those outlets for, for building my network. Um, and I'd been a bit dormant, um, you know, as I was working for Envato previously. So I didn't have the network that um, were really deep in the WordPress space at the time that, that I thought I did. And uh, so I, I decided, you know, the, the only thing I can do right now is expand my network and do that through Twitter. So I, I really worried about this because I know that the best way to um, grow your list of guests is to just ask people individually to be on the show. But I didn't have people that I could ask uh, as I was looking at my network who were, um, you know, going to fit the the profile of what I was looking for. So I said, okay, well, let me see if I can go on on to Twitter and and um, see if anybody ha- knows of anybody else who might fit the bill for for what I'm looking for, and then I would go out and, and reach out to them. So I did that um, as well as doing my own private, um, you know, sort of outreach as well behind the scenes and. Uh, in doing that that um, Twitter ask, uh, somebody um, basically came at me saying that I was doing it wrong, that I was, um, you know, I should be going and asking them individually and, you know, um, not expecting other people to do the work for me. Uh, and it was, it was really scary <laughs> for me. I remember yeah. the conversations, um, cause that was exactly the opposite reaction. Like, uh, that was the, that was my worst fear was that somebody would take that mm-hmm. stand. Um, because I knew obviously that, um, ahead of time and I knew that that was a risk, but I just thought, no, I have to, because if I don't take the step, it's, it's just not going to happen. Right. Because there's, there's no work camps, there's nothing happening. So I've, yeah. I've got to do this virtually. Um, and I can remember even internally at, at gravity forms at the time, I shared the tweet with my team um, or with the team at, at the time. And I was just like, uh, did I do something wrong here? Like, did I say something wrong? Um, and, you know, got, no, I, I think that was okay. <laughs> you know, obviously we don't know, right. Cause everybody um, filters things through their own lens. Right. Um, 
but uh, I tried to graciously respond and they just weren't having it. And then, and, and eventually you just have to stop. Right. Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't like having fights on Twitter. I like mm-hmm. having conversations on Twitter, but if somebody's not willing to engage in a conversation and all they want to do is score points, that's usually when I disengage. So um, yeah, so that's, that's what happened. And I felt awful, felt um, a lot of shame actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and like here I had been trying to do it the right way um, or what I thought was the right way or uh, a right way. Um, and I wasn't looking to be celebrated like that. I wasn't looking for visibility in that way. I was just looking genuinely to, to find guests for the show. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, so that, that, uh, that scared me a lot. Yeah, it was, it was a scary conversation. I mean, that person got really, uh, was very emotional. Like that's what I'll say, right. They were, they were very emotional. Um, and it wasn't a constructive, like, well, Hey, like I see what you're doing, but that's okay. Somebody's somebody's doorbell, right? Extra doggy guest on the show. I love it. Um, yeah, it definitely was not a constructive, like, Hey, I see what you're doing and here's a better way to do it. It was, it was not helpful. Um, and I mean, I read that tweet a couple times even because I, I, I read it and my initial reaction was like, I definitely don't agree with this person and it's making me upset. And I reread it to be like, okay, well, is there something that James did say or didn't say that I'm not getting that's making this person upset? And I read it, tried to read it through that lens, like through their point of view. And I, yeah, couldn't, couldn't find really their perspective. Um, and, you know, at the same time, Twitter is so great for so many things, but it's so limiting. Like it gives you such a narrow view and perspective of somebody else's thoughts and intentions and feelings. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I stand by your, your thread. I think you did it the right way. Um, and I mean, so after that thread, did you still pursue that show and getting those guests on that show? I definitely did. And, um, I think it worked out really well, actually. We okay. ended up with um, some really great guests from, uh, and in fact, my uh, first guest on the show was um, a person of color. So for me, that was really, really cool. Mm. Um, and it was a statement. And however subtly, <laughs> you know, um, after the founders came on, the first episode I did was, um, you know, a, a person of color. And that that to me was really, really important because it at least for me, it said this, you know, this is, this matters enough to me to, to shape the whole order and change it up. Yeah. Do that. So, um, yeah, so that was, that was, it was a fun show. I enjoyed doing it. Good. I'm really glad that it worked out. I feel like mm-hmm. there are definitely times where people might have a, a interaction like that and be then just kind of too scared to pursue it, which I think is totally valid, right? Like mm-hmm. if, if, if somebody is basically telling you, like, if you try, I will, you will be attacked, right? If you try, you will be attacked. Why would you pursue it, right? It, it makes sense to me why somebody would be scared off from continuing to advocate if they just feel like every step that they take, even if they feel like it's the right one, is going to be met with, you know, anger and and pushback and things like that. Um, but I think it's really important to 
like, I'm super glad to hear, I didn't know this, that you had kind of sent that tweet out to your kind of work support system and gotten feedback like that to me is so valuable, like to have people that you can ask to look at something and say, well, like, did, was I being tone deaf here? Was, was this wrong? Like, how can I improve? Right. Cause then the other, the other side of that is like, you know, digging your heels in and saying, well, no, I did it the right way. And you're being, you know, X, Y, Z and blah, blah, blah. And that, that can never end well. So I, I think you did it all the right way. One of the big things I learned, or I think as I've been reflecting on it, um, even now and, and thinking about is, um, I think for people like me, and when I say people like me, I mean, uh, people with, um, very privileged experience, um, one of the cha- one of the things that makes diversity and inclusion conversations so challenging is that we don't know how to speak the language properly. And um, I was thinking about that because I've been trying to teach myself how to how to. Uh, well, I've been teaching myself Korean um, and oh, cool. getting into the whole language learning thing. And you know, language learning is one of those things. And every language teacher will tell you the best way to learn a language is just to speak it, to mm. go out and and talk to people who speak the language and make mistakes, right? Mm-hmm. And let them correct you. And if you have a safe environment where you can be corrected and where they can, you know, um, help you get the, the language right, you get more confidence and you actually get better at the language. Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about that in the context of diversity and inclusion and how so much of the challenge I think that we have is anytime we go out and we try to speak the language, if we don't get it right the first time, right, we get jumped on as this uh, situation happened. Mm-hmm. And rather than it being a learning experience and an, and an educational experience for uh, people who are trying to learn this new language, um, they run away, right? And they they go scared. And um, yeah, so I, I that was the the thing for me that I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense, right? Mm-hmm. Like what we're doing is we're teaching a new language yeah. and giving giving people the space and the opportunity to um, learn the language um, would be really interesting. I wonder as well, out loud, you know, just wondering out loud what that might look like if we were to actually create space, even in our uh, in our meetups or our, our work camps for this kind of, you know, come learn how to speak the language of diversity, come learn how to speak the language of inclusion and practice. We're going to practice it together and give you space to try it out. Right. And feedback. That makes total sense. And I mean, we have that to some degree in the uh, WP diversity meetups that uh, Jill Binder hosts um, Mm. has created and hosted. And those are really focused on uh, speaker training, event organizer training, um, and I mean, you know, talking about learning a new language, you can't really learn a language unless you change the way that you're thinking, right? Like I remember in high school taking Spanish and my teacher saying like, you can't, you can't look at a, a window and think window. Oh, window is ventana. You have to just think ventana, right? Like you have to kind of re repathway your brain in that way. Um, and I think that you're totally right in that there is a language of diversity, equity, and inclusion. And a lot of it starts with changing the way that you think about things. Um, 
which yeah, it takes, takes practice and is difficult and, and it means you're going to mess up sometimes. Um, and I think that there are definitely people in this community, myself included, who are willing to do the work of gentle correction and saying, you know, well, you know, looking at the intention first and saying, okay, this person's intention was good. They said something not great. Let me help them. Um, But the, the kind of catch 22 in all of this is that for so many underrepresented people, that is so much work. Like that is emotional labor that, you know, a lot of times we're not willing to do. And, and that, that is also valid, but also sometimes we have to step up and say, okay, well, we're going to try to teach the allies how to, how to, how to be a little bit better sometimes, but it's, it's like, you, you said something really important too. Like it's, it's a safe space, right? So there are people that, you know, if, if you reached out to me in a DM and said, Hey, I'm thinking of posting this, or I posted this and I got this feedback, like, what do you think? I know you well enough now, you know, I don't think we've ever actually met in person, but I know you well enough now through the internet. Um, And I know your intentions well enough that I feel like doing that emotional labor is like worth it. Um, But, you know, if it's just somebody I'd never spoken to or never met before, it's just sort of like, dude, like, I don't know, go out, have someone else. Like, (laughs) like there's, there's, there's certain people and there's certain instances in which that emotional labor is more possible and more comfortable than just doing it for everyone. And I feel like a lot of underrepresented folks in the community um, are just not open and willing to doing that work. And so that's why we need, um, you know, things like Jill's workshops Mm. um, and why I think that what Michelle and I do with the podcast is important is we try to kind of indirectly give that information to people. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. You're doing it at scale. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, it's, you know, what you're saying makes a ton of sense. And I think allyship is proactive, not reactive. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And uh, we as allies need to be willing to jump in and educate ourselves and learn. That is what allyship is uh, in my opinion and standing up of course. And, and, and um, you know, but you know, I, I don't know. Uh, allyship is, is, it's an interesting thing, you know, talking about standing up for people, but part of, part of my thinking on allyship and I'm willing to be corrected here as well, if this is wrong um, or, or not hundred percent correct, but um, is allyship is, is not just about me as the white guy screaming loudly because that's still the same voice being heard, mm. but it's actually about, looking for opportunities to amplify and raise up those voices that don't get heard um, because the world doesn't need more of my voice. Mm -hmm. The world needs more of other voices. Um, So for me, yeah, allyship is about being proactive uh, learning, educating myself, standing up where it makes sense to stand up and supporting where it needs, where, where it makes sense to support as well. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I mean, I, I wrote a blog post a couple years ago about WordPress allyship and I have a whole section about speaking up and I have a whole section about shutting up and like, yeah, sometimes it's, you know, privilege is power. That's really all it is. It's, mm-hmm. it's all, it's an almost quantifiable amount of power 
that somebody has in a given situation or society. Um, and so you have in, in many ways more power than I do. And so if I'm trying to, to, to do something or get something out there or, you know, shared for you to use your power to help that makes a lot of sense. Um, and it's, an, yeah, it's, it's, to me, it's a, like, it's a balancing act of when do I use this power and when do I kind of rein my power in or bring that power back so that this other person can exert more of the power that they do have. Right. Um, because I, I don't believe that anyone is completely powerless. Like mm -hmm. I will always say, and I will die on this Hill that even as a, um, queer black woman, I have privilege mm -hmm. because I am not neurodivergent. I am able-bodied. I am young. I am, um, audibly white passing. Right. Um, mm -hmm. and so there are all of these things that I have in terms of power that I can use. And a lot of times what happens is not necessarily an underrepresented, underrepresented person doesn't have power, but their power is drowned out by somebody who has more power than them. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, it's a balancing act of all of these things, which to some people comes really naturally. And to some people, you know, you kind of have to practice at it and figure it out. And I think some, for some people it's, it's upbringing, it's background, it's unlearning things that they were taught. Um, but I always think that it's, it's possible. And um, I really appreciate folks like you who are eager to learn and use that power for, use that power for good, for lack of a <laughs> less uh, comic booky way of saying it. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I think we're going to go ahead and wrap up there, but I really, really, really appreciate you taking some time to be on the podcast. Um, where can people find you or connect with you if they have additional questions about the stuff that you do? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I've started blogging um, again, so you can just find me on my website, jamesgerou.ca, uh, on Twitter, Instagram. Can you spell, can you spell Giroux for us? I certainly can. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, James, J-A-M-E-S, Giroux, G-I-R-O-U-X, as an x-ray, dot C-A. Perfect. And just yeah. James Giroux is my handle pretty much everywhere. Um, yeah. I managed to squeeze in most of those uh, before somebody else grabbed them. I always thought I had a unique name until um, I found like 10 other people with the same name. Oh, wow, really? Yeah, it's, it's funny, right? Like you think, oh, it's a really rare last name. It's not a very... Um, and it's French Canadian as well, mm -hmm. which is uh, its own thing, but yeah, no, it's, uh, there's a lot of us out there apparently, including a lawyer I found in, um, Hawaii, the same That's name as funny. I have. That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. We're definitely in the, um, the unique last name gang. Like my last name is very unusual. Um, I have found lots of other Nimmons, but I've never found another Ali or Alexandra Nimmons before. So I tend to get, uh, tend to have an easy time with usernames too. Well, thank you so much for being on. Thank you so much, everybody for listening. Um, you know where to find us underrepresentedintech.com. Please let us know what you thought of the episode and we will see you next week. This episode was sponsored by the following companies. WP Wallet. 
WP Wallet is a free, simple, intelligent tool that helps WordPress professionals effortlessly manage all of their license keys and invoices for all sites and clients. Never forget a renewal, lose a license key, or miss out on a reimbursement again. Join WP Wallet for free today. LearnDash. LearnDash is taking cutting edge e-learning methodology and infusing it into WordPress. More than just a plugin, LearnDash is trusted to power the learning programs for major universities, small to mid-sized companies, startups, entrepreneurs, and bloggers worldwide. If you're interested in sponsoring an episode, using our database, or just want to say hi, go to underrepresentedintech.com. See you next week.